Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Halden. And Benjamin Halden. That's the first week I think it's actually felt normal. Mm. Oh, that, was, that was so normal. That was it. That I'm was looking at, are, we on a, are we on a two camera setup today, are we? We are, are indeed. We? Yeah. We, we swerved the third one. Uh, there was a tripod issue. We're missing a base plate. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry, guys. No, we're not missing a base plate. Sorry, yeah. I'm going completely off topic. Have you now. bought base plates? Three. In that case, we can do a three camera setup. We'll, Let's no do it next, the, week. The next week. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys, if you're watching, you've got a snazzy two camera angle today. That's no, just the same as always. Do we not usually have a third camera there? Am I We've imagining used it? it one episode, I think. Uh, well, that was a good episode. <laughs> but we're losing the camera, so we are back to two cameras anyway. <laughs> today, we wanted to touch on a topic which Ben has just made very obvious by opening his monster can. Before that, though, Hyrox. Hyrox times my coach. When does this podcast go live? Next, next Thursday. week. Yeah, so last week we spoke about Which the... gave no reference to other people because people will be listening on <laughs> Thursday anyway. Last week we spoke about the official launch of the My Coach High Rocks partnership and it's honestly like, do you know one of those things where you've worked on it for a really long time, like six or seven months, guys, and then when we physically saw it on the app, the workouts, what it looks like, the AMRAPs, the High Rock sessions, the videos... Do you know when you just feel like really proud? That's how I feel about the High Rock section on the app. I think it's honestly fantastic. We're still trying to update it as much as possible. So we're always doing new things on it as well. So like the run section is about to be updated. The whole premium section is about to be updated on my coach. And you can literally get it for £90. Is that right? For yes. the whole 12 weeks, if you hit the link below, which is wild yeah this has been one of the most popular programs that we've launched so far we had uh, a lot of people sign up on the first day it's been well received by the high rocks community as well which has been great i honestly think it's one of the most comprehensive programs not just saying that that i've seen online so far and, mm. but also user friendly mm -hmm. and also accommodating to quite a few people whilst whether that's your first high rocks your second your third you're a, a veteran at high rocks whatever it may be I think it can be used by pretty much anyone depending on your ability level. And there's a lot of people who are, have been lifting for some time, doing a little bit of running, who are going into the beginner program because they want to get that structure for high rocks. And even if they're not competing, just want mm -hmm. to switch their training up a little bit as well. Yeah, and then obviously you've got the intermediate, which is the level up program, which is the one I wrote. And then you've got advanced, which is Jake. And we wanted to hit all areas, as Ben said, because it, high rocks isn't a thing where... It's just it's just for certain type of people. It's just for athletes or it's elitist. It's it's not at all, and that's why out of all these partnerships we could have chose to do with the app, we did want to go after High Rocks because it is so much fun. And as Ben said, you don't even need to compete, but the style of training is a lot of fun. We enjoy yeah. it. We also have a My Coach Meetup, which is on which is sold out. So yeah. it's on <laughs> the. Saturday Thank you, Carl. Uh, but and don't we, turn up. We are doing some high rock stuff there as well in terms of uh, some introductory sessions and the two new coaches, which is Meg and Jake, mm -hmm. will... Oh, I think Jake's there because he's not able to make it, but Meg will be there. Meg's in LA. Okay, so neither <laughs> of them are there. So that's great. Um, we are there. Yeah, and um, we'll be doing that. We're looking to do some more events this year. We are doing a track session for people uh, who are local to us. So that's going to be in the... Cheshire, Chester area. Cheshire. We're going to be trying to run those either every Sunday or every other Sunday. It's going to be the, the mm. My Coach Track Sessions Breakfast Club, which is going to be at 9 a.m. till 10 a.m. Uh, I think we can only probably do about 30 to 40 people at a session at a time. 
It's a lot of people at a track. A we basically, we had over 100 people who were interested straight away. And I was like, great. But then logistically on a track, 100 people, it, that would be so hard. So it might we might have to stagger, you know. Do I think it'll just have to be a weeks. case of when we, we're going to create a WhatsApp group for it this week. It'll be a case of first come, first serve. Yeah. You'll have to pay to get on the track, but the, the coaching sessions will be free that we run for it. Oh, well excited. How fun I, is that? I think even if you're not doing a high rocks, it's it's something good to get you out on a Sunday, especially if you're the type of person who's just lazy on a Sunday and lo- lounges around and gets up feeling quite sluggish and you want to get up and do something, you want to get out and your goal is to lose weight, your goal is to get better at running, but you don't want to do long distance running, you want to try something new, you want to do workouts with other people because you work out or run a lot on your own it's it's one of those things that you can just get up do something cool on a sunday with other people and get your i suppose the back end of your weekend off to a good start do you know what's also nice about it and i was thinking this because we spoke about alcohol a lot recently if there's someone who i don't know wants to cut down their alcohol intake a little bit or just reduce it and wake up on a sunday and feel fresh and not actually hung over this would give you a purpose to wake up not hung over because you will not attend a track session at 9am if you're feeling a little bit ropey okay let's talk about this as well alcohol i don't know if we spoke about it in the last podcast i uh, i don't think we did but alcohol is a really interesting topic and i think our brains have kind of changed on it a little bit maybe not me as much i've never I think first year of uni, I was a slightly more heavy drinker. And I say heavy, it was like once a week and that was like enough for me. Bear in mind, some people went out like every night and I was like, I don't know how you're alive. Like I actually don't know how you're drinking every single night and living your best life because you're probably not living your best life if you're drinking and going out every night. Um, I've always kind of drank on occasions and I really like that. I like just drinking on big occasions when there's something to celebrate Um and trying to not feel pressure and peer pressure from other people being like, oh, you're so boring. I'm like, I fucking don't care. But I feel like I'm really comfortable with that now. I'm just like, well, I'm happy with my water or my caffeine. Yeah. Coffee. I think I've, what, what am I now? <laughs> I, day I nine. Down, I downloaded this sobriety app. You are day nine, aren't you? Uh, where are we? You were day eight yesterday. No, I'm eight days and 17 hours. Eight days and 17 hours into sobriety. What time did you start it? No idea. Well, eight days, 17 whenever, hours. Whenever the last stag do was, the day after that. Mm. The reason why I did it was, well, I think I spoke about this before, is I get really bad anxiety when I drink. Mm. And it's something, that I've been, it's something that I've been thinking about for a while. I think I've only probably drank about four times this year. People probably think... Twi- I think twice. No, more than that. No, Wed- three times. Wedding. My stag do. Ashes stag do. Yeah. And I think there's been another random time. Uh, when we went out with friends in Chester. Ah, uh, yes. So I don't drink that often anyway, but I'm one of those people that when I do drink, I've just got to send it. I've mm. got to get absolutely wankered. I'm all or nothing. So I've just thought, even though we've got a few things come up this year, like I've already been to two events. What were the two events we've been to recently? Went to my protein event yesterday where everyone yeah. was drinking. FIBO. Didn't drink. Did I drink a FIBO? <laughs> yes. Yes, we did drink at Vivo. We had it? steak and then we went to an Irish bar. Oh, yeah. You had like three Guinnesses, wine. Yeah, so I probably five times I drank this year. Um, I felt a bit ropey after that. I mean, I can have one glass of wine, guys, and feel ropey. I just, I don't really socially drink, though, if that makes sense. I, I would never go out and go, oh, I'll just have one or two drinks. I'd, if I do yeah. that, I'd just have a Diet Coke because I'm just like, I'm not bothered. Yeah, we're not like, oh, we'll go to the pub. 
We were, but, uh, we're not really pub people, are I'm we? not one of those people, though, who think, like, there, there is nicer drinks than beer. Do you know what I mean? So if I'm going to go out and have, just have a social drink, I'll just have a Coke. I prefer, I prefer yeah. Coke or lime and Coke. Yeah. If I, I want to get smashed, I'll drink ale. You know, a different occasion, though, when we did actually socially drink every night. I like it was red Ameri- wine, yeah. But was America. Yeah. You'd join me with a margarita and just be happy with one. Epcot bar crawl, 12 drinks, different countries. But I would say that's more of an occasion for us anyway. And I think it's like in a big social group, I don't really drink a lot. If if we're going out for dinner, a lot of the time we will sit and have a glass of wine together. And I think that's really nice. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of mine is usually due to social influence. Mm, which, pressure. Yeah, which again, I think that's why I, if you probably asked yourself the question why do you drink a lot of people will drink due to the pressure of other people or the influence of other people and if the only reason that you're friends with the people that you're friends with is because the mutual thing you have in common is alcohol then it's it's worth just questioning the relationships with those people mm. i mean i've dwindled down my friendship group probably quite a lot over the past 10 years due to due to that partly being the reason that I don't go out as much anymore. Mm. But even when I now go out, I'll probably question, do I need to have a drink? Mm-hmm. And the past two occasions that we've been in social occasions, one being the My Protein event that we went to, what was the other one? I can't remember. There was something else though. Uh, I don't cousin's see- 21st birthday and everyone was drinking. I had, uh, what did I have? You had a you had a zero percent zero percent beer yeah. and I had sparkling water and you had coke. a liter of sparkling water. Yeah. I I had a red wine. I am partial to a red wine, aren't I? I do, but I think that's more so. It's like coffee. I don't need a lot of caffeine. I love the taste of coffee. Yeah. If I went on a coffee trip, like coffee tasting, wine tasting, it's I don't know if it's classed as a hobby. Like yeah, different, no, it like, is. You know, I, think, do the, I think like this. alcohol. Coffee is very much a social, uh, a social event. Like people socialize over coffee, don't they? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? People go, oh, do you want to go out for a coffee? Do you want to go out for a drink? I think it's it's similar. Yeah, but unfortunately, they don't do a zero percent stunning Malbec. You know, I can get a decaf coffee. You can get zero percent wine. I don't know. Yeah, sounds, I, I had zero percent sparkling wine on the weekend. Really? And it was great. Malbec, though, Cal. Can we do a zero percent Malbec? Let's have a look at this Argentinian one. red wine because that will sort me. That would sort me. Right. I could also have blackcurrant. I actually don't think I'd be that phased with the difference. But yeah, no, when I social, or like on, on an occasion, I, I'm partial to one glass of red wine. But I'm not like you. I'm happy with one. I could have one I'm drink and be like, that's me done. I'll go onto water or I'll have a coffee. I think, like I was saying this week, for me, I'm just at this point in my life where I'm very focused on my work. I'm very focused on what I want to do with my body, with my fitness. I'm very focused on being present on my relationships. I've also taken into consideration that we will probably try for kids at the end of this year. So we were going to go sober together anyway. So I think that's probably pushed me more into that. I, sorry, that just makes me laugh. What? <laughs> we're going to go sober together. I obviously will be sober. Yeah, yeah so that's what I mean. So I, I, I was going anything. to do it anyway. <laughs> so I think all those things just tie into that. For me, alcohol at the moment just takes more away from my life than it does give me i mm. i mean don't get me wrong i'm one of those people who loves to go out and have a drink and have a laugh with my mates and um have social occasions where i'll use alcohol like to lubricate the occasion or whatever you want to call it and i i really enjoy it i think like the podcast we did on alcohol 
I won't be, I won't do sobriety forever. I just want to do a period of time to mm. see how it makes me feel. Because at the moment I have a lot of stuff coming up and alcohol for me, like it did on the last occasion where I drank a lot, takes me three to four days to get back to like my optimal peak position of where I have good cognitive ability and I, I have think it was a week good, then. good performance. Yeah, it, you it, were, it, it you is. were gone. And it just makes me feel really terrible. Like it, alcohol makes me feel really bad in terms of psychologically. So I just don't want to feel like that for the rest of this year when I have so much on. And then I'll just drip feed it back in and mm. see how I feel from it and just drink like I usually do on occasions that are mm. important and mean a lot to me. Yeah, honestly, though, you were hung over for a week. Like you couldn't, I think, I don't know if it's, like we we do a lot with the business, as you said, we had so much going on. It was the week before High Rocks and you just sat there downstairs. You're like, I feel so bad because I can't help. You just sat there thinking, I can't, and you were so anxious. And was, it, almost, it almost made me anxious because I was like, oh, good God. Like, I don't know. You know, when you're around someone who's, like, your mood was quite, like, mellow and quite down and quite sad. I think And it, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. That's how I felt. It, it makes me question a lot of things. I think it, may, it, it makes me very negative towards myself. I think that, that's in, not. That internal I think it battle. And then... It, it made me frustrated because I, th I felt like I was letting people down in terms of what we were working on as a team because I couldn't contribute my full capacity to what the project that we had on. So, um, yeah, that's that's why I'll be I'll be doing that, essentially. Very exciting. Would you ever cut out caffeine? No. I mean, but this is again... I did it for a week once. <laughs> this, this is again, if you'd asked me... Oh. See. Submission was accepted in the App Store. So, hey, so speaking of High Rocks, hey, sort of plug. There is some new updates that I've just got into the App Store. So if you're on the MyCoach app, make sure you update your app uh, this week because there will be some updates even on the High Rocks program which are coming as well. Yes. Always working on to make this, uh, this coaching community as good as possible. That is a great time. Back to caffeine. Um, but again, I was saying this to Cal the other day, there'll be decisions and opinions that I had 10 years ago, that Ben 10 years ago would have had that I would disagree with now. You probably would have asked me a year ago, can you see yourself giving up alcohol? I would have said no. So I'll never say never, but I I really enjoy caffeine and the effects that I get from caffeine are, have always been positive because I, again I don't I don't think that I abuse it. So the the, the positives way exceed the negatives for me. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean I also really like caffeine. My tolerance actually isn't that good though. I can probably have one strong coffee a day. And I can feel it. Like I wouldn't be able to then have like a knocko or a pre-workout on top of that because I would implode. Like I would feel like I can feel it in my One chest. One coffee a day is only like 200 milligrams. I would that. What the size of my coffee in the morning though sometimes. If I'm, if I'm running, I'll have peppermint tea. If I'm doing a workout, my coffee is large and I reckon it's like 300 milligrams. Because the, the, why are you laughing yeah, at me like really that? Yeah, it looks really big today. I think it does as well. Yeah. Have you noticed I keep messing with my hair? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why, Cal? Why does my head look so big? I think it's like the headphones are where your hair is as well. Shall I tie my hair up? You've made me stress out because you'll notice throughout this whole podcast I've been pissing around with my hair because I think my head looks big. Yeah, I think it was just the way your hair was then. It made it look... Is that better? Yeah. I think it was just the way your... Uh... Ben was like, look at me thinking, oh, you look ugly. No, it was some sort of weird look. look. And I, I was like, I already know because I've been sat here for 20 big. minutes. Yeah, it looked big and beautiful. Cal, just flick, flick to me. Oh, am I better? You look great, mate. Thank yeah. you. Fucking hell. Thank you for making my interview <laughs> to stand out, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
Anyway, I sometimes have big head days. I had one the other day. Someone no, took no. a photo of me from the side. Looked like a fucking power pod. No, no. <laughs> Ben, <laughs> a what? Power, do you remember the power pods? No. The thing. Do you remember them, Cal? Yeah, cool. It was like the, the, the bodies were the this, same size as the heads. This is Essentially, what we look yeah. like. Mm-hmm. That's, they're still, Len and Boosie are hideous. Like, I actually just despise Len and Boosie. It looks this nothing list. like us. They were power pods, oh, yeah. That looks like us. Our bobbleheads. Yeah, they were great. Anyway, the uh, caffeine. W- yeah, with the reason why we're speaking about this as well. I'm conscious now. What? Of my head. I think it's it's something that people are interested in in terms of caffeine. I think more so as people look to optimise their lives and optimise their health. I think it's something that we we speak about and we think a fair bit about. Um, and in the past, it's probably something that I've taken too much of. I think my caffeine consumption is probably around 600 milligrams per day. The the, the average recommended amount for some an adult in the UK is 400 milligrams, mm. but that is dependent on the size of the adult, your caffeine tolerance, the your health. age, your weight, your health, whether you train, whether you, how much you exercise, uh, all these these factors are dependent. So for me, 600 milligrams probably okay. Um, I think I probably used to have about 800 milligrams to a gram of caffeine per day, especially when I didn't have a lot of money, actually. When I first started the business, my diet through the day would be a multi-pack of monsters so i'd buy a pack of monsters in iceland for three pound i'd have the four monsters through a day so my diet would cost me three pound and then i'd go home to my mum and dad's house and then have food that was in their house because i had no money and the thing that would keep my appetite at bay would be caffeine so i'd supplement a diet with 800 milligrams of caffeine and then go home and just have a load of food to fill the calories in and live my life on a credit card which was the sacrifice i had to make essentially for building the business that we now sit in. Would you remember when we first got together? I guys, this is fascinating. I used to have two monsters a day, didn't I? I I don't I literally do not touch monster. Like the smell of it kind of makes you feel a bit icky and they're very large cans. I used to have two cans a day and a coffee in the morning. And again, I don't know if that's because I was around you all the time. You're having four, so I'm like, oh yeah, two. Oh my God, if I had two monsters in this day and age, I would have a heart attack. Like my tolerance is just shot down. I think it's because I cut out caffeine, coffee in the morning before runs. So there's three days a week where I don't have caffeine. And on the other four, I'll have a coffee or a knocker. So some days you don't have any caffeine at all. And I try not have it anyway past two or three o'clock when I hit the slump. We'll probably talk about sleep anyway in the half-life of caffeine. But I, I really try and not have a coffee late on at night because it really does disrupt my sleep. It so affects my heart. That's funny. Actually, you should say that because after the food that we had last night, I had a cup of coffee and I feel tea. quite, I feel quite bad today because caffeine obviously has a, a long half life as well as obviously having the caffeine late. Yeah. So it really disrupted my sleep last night. Not so much I was waking up, but the quality of my sleep was definitely de- deteriorated by having the caffeine late on. It affects it, affect your rest and heart rate. You're yeah, not, you're in bed and you're like, thud, 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 thud. Aren't you not? That's more likely just you having no. fits in bed. If I have a, if I have a coffee, probably past like five o'clock, I may as well have had a bottle of red wine because I am led in bed and my heart is just like this. And I start thinking of all the things I've got going on and it panics me. And then I'm not like rested and my whoop resting heart rate is then like 49 instead of 43. Do you have a lot of coffee in Carl? Yeah, I've started to drink coffee more and I'm starting to realise that I'm significantly more productive when I've had a coffee or two mm. compared to without. So I'm going to start trying to have one every morning. 
just to get myself I think the, the people I think there's been a drum that's been banged a lot over the past two years with caffeine and people trying to cut it out but if you have a good relationship with caffeine it can really benefit you mm. it doesn't have to be deemed as a negative if you you can choose any poison and the poison is always in the dose not the product have you ever had a really bad like experience with caffeine yeah I remember yeah. when we went to Empowered Fit it was when we first started the business I'd had 1.2 grams of caffeine and I was fr- I was training I and I was freezing that. cold I couldn't get warm I was freezing I was shaking we were doing weighted pull-ups and I just couldn't train I was like I was too focused I remember we thought you were ill yeah I had to just go and sit down <laughs> Yeah. I had to sit down. The other ones, it was when there was a product called Jack 3D, but there was another one yeah. called Craze. I have a Jack 3D story as well, gone. Craze was the one that blew my fucking head off. I remember I'd had it, smashed out a chest session, and I was going for a meal, and I had to get the waiters to bring me litre after litre of water over. You have to be careful with that as well. You can. I could be, just. I could see yourself. beetles dr- dr- crawling on the ceiling. I had no appetite. I couldn't eat. I was just like, I thought. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And I was like, this is bro- this is great. I no, you didn't think. No, but it was great for it. It was when you're like 18 and you're a proper gym monkey and you think I want to be as stimulated as possible. And you didn't give a shit about the come down because it was all about the session prior to that. Go on, Cal. What's your Jack 3D so story? I, I had a friend who went to America, and Jack 3D was still legal there. It was still because it's it's not something you can buy in the UK anymore. Why, why can't you buy in the UK? What's wrong with it? What is it? It's got what's it called? Ben? DMAA or uh, something? It's got, it's got that, but it's got it's also got your Himbean in, which is illegal. Your Himbean is like a straight. A lot of people sorry use your Himbean as like a straight fat burner because it is a, a very much an appetite suppressant, but it's a stimulant as well. So yeah. it has your Himbean in, which is illegal in the UK, but you can still get shipped in or you can buy product with your him being in, in America and usually bring them back. Mm. Uh. So basically it's like a super stimulant. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, a friend of mine went to America and brought back Jack 3D and was like, oh, you need to try something amazing. And he gave me what I thought was one serving in a little Tupperware box. And I was like, great. And then um, it turned out he'd give me two double <sighs> scoops. No. So like four servings. So four servings of wow. Jack 3D. And I took it and I was at West Kirby Concourse and I had to go and take a cold shower and sit there shaking in the shower. I was so fucked from it. It was I, my eyes felt like I was like sitting twenty feet back. It was so strange. Do you know the worst thing about that is you just know there's no yeah, way no. of speeding up the recovery process yeah. of it. You've just got to sit it out, just ride it out, like cold sweats, like going cold turkey, like a drug addict. It's I, just horrible. I thought I'd kill myself. It was yeah. awful. So what my bad? I mean, I I sometimes I don't have a lot of caffeine anyway. And this isn't like a horror story of caffeine, but it's, do you remember when we were swimmers and we were given a oh, I don't Pro remember when we swimmers because I never was one. <laughs> never, ever. The, the, the I was opposite, opposite of a swimmer. swimmer, yeah. I was an anchor. By we, I meant myself and my swim team. So I'm addressing myself here. We, so I'm like 15, 16, and they used to, they did used to give us some crazy kind of stuff to take. We used to have to take bicarbonate soda in a liter of water to buffer lactic acid. We took beetroot shots. We took cherry aid. You know all the kind of things. You're thinking, yeah, great, gonna. And there probably there is some science like buffer lactic or whatever. But when we had like a sprint event, so it was fifty or hundred meters, yeah. which I didn't really do, but occasionally I'd final in these. And so th- these were always at night. And then staggered up to your race 30 minutes before. I'm 16. I'm like 50 kilos. 
56 maybe, I was given eight Pro Plus to take... Caffeine tablets. Caffeine tablets. And the, how much caffeine's in a Pro Plus? Are they about 50 milligrams? But isn't it funny that, that caffe- caffeine's the only drug that we will give children? Yeah. Well, actually, you're not actually really supposed to give it children as such. But that's what I'm saying, that it's the only one that we will oh, socially yeah. accept to give to children. Yeah. So yeah. we have... 50, 50 milligrams now. So, so I would have this little Lucy... The boys would have like 12 or 14. I'd have eight, which was a lot. So that's like 400 milligrams in an hour. And then you swim at your max. And you, honestly, your heart is out your chest. Like you finish, it's in your throat. And you had to time it so you weren't swimming the next day because they knew we wouldn't sleep that night. Yeah. And then you just lie in bed and you, your, your heart's just pounding. You just have to ride it out. And I'm thinking, I don't think that's very fucking clever. I think with with sport though, it's often just what is optimal for performance. It's like mm. football players. This whole talk come out a lot since the Delhi Delhi Alley interview with Gary Neville, where they talked about the the use in sport of sleeping tablets. I know the song, don't I? Let's go. <clears throat> Not too loud because it's going to annoy people. I wanna be at Delhi Alley. I wanna wear what Deli Ali wears. I wanna car like Deli Ali. <laughs> I have. I've worn dreadlocks, dreadlocks in my, in my hair. hair. Da, 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 da. That was great, Liz. <laughs> Thank you. The big man's coming back this year. I don't even know. Big old Deli. But yeah, he he came out on an interview with speaking about sleeping tablets and how they're actually really commonly used and abused within football. The reason mm-hmm. being is that if you've got a big game of football on the Saturday or the Sunday, on the Friday night, you'll sometimes find it quite difficult to sleep because I think it's something that as a fan, you don't think about too much. Like you just think, oh, the player turn up and play the game. Mm. Whereas for them, there's obviously a lot of adrenaline built up, the endorphins are built up. You've got a big game the next day, you've prepared all week, you want to win, especially if you're in a time which is super competitive or you're in a period where there's a lot on the line. You're going to find it hard to sleep. So it's it's, it's often given by the, it's obviously given by the clubs to players to supplement sleep but then a lot of players become dependent on it and take more and more and more and it becomes abused um so again a lot of the time i think clubs coaches are trying to do what is optimal for performance not necessarily what's optimal for the individual in the long term yeah i mean maybe at my level it was just a bit like give it to all of them we'll do whatever but maybe at like a pro pro level they are a bit more individualized in terms of what they give them. Like all the boys were allowed to take beta alanine, you know, just like straight, but we weren't, the girls weren't allowed to take it. I don't really know why, but certain stuff they would do for different people, whether like I, I would not have the bicarb in the liter of water because I found it, I just don't need to shit myself. <laughs> Nothing's changed there, has it? <laughs> no, it's not. Maybe this was the history of me. Yeah. You put your suit on because it takes like half an hour to get into your swim race suit. And I was like, oh, can I, I'm going to shit myself. So I can't have that one. Yeah, I think with us speaking about this, if you'll listen to this podcast, the important question to ask yourself if you've, like what your relationship is like with caffeine is when you are tired in the day, do you say, I feel tired? Or do you, or do you say, I need a coffee? Mm. And is coffee something that you use, you use to hold up your day or is it something that assists your day? They're the important questions that you probably need to ask yourself if you're questioning your relationship with caffeine. And just a couple of quick stats on caffeine. Like I said before, recommended dose, 400 milligrams. There's around 100 milligrams 
in a cup of coffee, a normal small. cup, a small normal small. cup of coffee. If you go to Starbucks, that can be anywhere between 100 milligrams to 400 milligrams, depending on if it's a grande, venti, venti, etc. In a monster that I've just drank then during the podcast, there's around 150 to 160 milligrams of caffeine. Again, a lot of people think there's a lot more. There's not. Um, I thought there was 200. No, nah, there's about 150, 160 oh. milligrams. People often get anal about them because it's got a spartamine in. Uh, again, a spartamine is just a natural sweetener. It's absolutely fine to have. You probably need to have around 10 to 15 of these to hit your spartamine limit in a day, but don't do that because you're exceeding the caffeine limit. It's the world's most widely consumed psychoactive drug, uh, and it's the second most traded commodity behind oil, which is just fucking insane. What another fact? Go on. There is caffeine in chocolate. So milk chocolate, there's a hundred grams, and dark chocolate, there's forty-three milligrams per hundred gram. It's quite a lot that in dark chocolate, isn't it? Hundred grams chocolate. Hundred grams of chocolate is a lot also. But I think some people wouldn't even acknowledge that there's caffeine in chocolate. There's also caffeine, I think, in green tea, and there is caffeine in decaf. In in normal black tea or milky tea, however you have it, I think there's something between 15 to 40 milligrams, depending on how strong the tea is. So again, just something to consider if you're a tea drinker before you go to bed. Oh, it's... I I do tell a bit of a lie there. Decaf coffee has two milligrams. Yeah. But I mean, it still has a slight smidgen Mm -hmm. of coffee. The way that caffeine works, it basically surpasses or blocks something called the adenosine, which is the chemical in the brain that forces us to go to sleep. So it often helps us stay alert, stay awake, which is why a lot of people use it if they're on night shifts, if they're studying at university, or if you've got a long day of work. Uh, and it, it's sometimes people often will find themselves crashing in the early afternoon, especially if you're someone who gets up in the first thing that you reach for is the coffee mug in the morning. And it's the thing that you use to start your day. Maybe that's become habitual, but the thing that we've done recently is we will tend to have a green, peppermint uh, sorry, a peppermint tea. tea in the morning. I find it's better for my digestive system. It, it, it kind of settles my stomach for the day. And then I won't have a coffee or any caffeine usually until after a workout now. I sometimes mm. have a nootropic workout, which has a little bit of caffeine in. But if you can hold off on your caffeine consumption or your coffee until a little bit later, you'll avoid that slump in the afternoon when you're working because the half-life of coffee is usually around five to six hours. Um, so you'll avoid that crash where you can just push your caffeine intake a little bit later on and have maybe some water in the morning because caffeine is also um, one of those substances that can dehydrate you a little bit as well. So getting hydrated early on the day is good. So that's why a lot of people like Hooman have uh, spoke a lot about having water and salt in the morning, which uh, is is also good for, for the caffeine receptors to be a bit more responsive. Uh, responsive to caffeine later on the day as well i think mine's quite habitual i think a lot of people's is habitual because so i before my running days so my three run days i will have a peppermint tea because i noticed when i was on my runs and i spoke about this quite a lot on youtube when i was on my runs the easy heart rate runs my heart rate was not heart rating it was not (sighs) where it needed to be for an easy run. And I was getting really frustrated because like, why isn't my heart rate dropping? I can feel it in my chest thudding. I cut out caffeine for all my runs. Also helps me not shit myself on a run, which is great news. Because um, caffeine, sorry, you're lying if a coffee doesn't go through you. Like you're lying through your teeth. So I have peppermint tea for my runs and it's fantastic and I've stuck with that. But on the days that I are, I'm, I'm not running, 
I love having a black coffee or a knocko before my workout. I don't know if like mentally it's like she's on, she's ready, she's going. Yeah. And my my sessions at the moment have been quite hard. And I and I sometimes just like having it. I could have a sip of a knocko can and be like, fine, I'm I've got it with it. So my I think mine's quite habitual before a workout, but for a run, no caffeine for me anymore. I think it could be it's not a plateau, what's the other word for it's it? It's like um it's like a catalyst to you're starting your no, workout. What's the word? That's the wrong it's, word. Not, the wrong word. it's not a plateau. It's when people sometimes take things and there's no actual physical benefit. It's like placebo. Placebo. It can sometimes have a placebo benefit, but caffeine does um, have an impact on performance. Like no, oh, yeah. no doubt about it. But I think, like you said, then it does become habitual for a lot of people. Just I go and grab the morning coffee, or mm. I have the coffee in the morning, and. And you don't always need it, but again, I was one of those people for years who loved having a coffee in the morning. I just found in the end it was more due to digestion for me, which is why I started to have the peppermint tea as opposed to um, the coffee in, in the morning. And it's been a lot better for my stomach. But just, sorry, go. On. I was going to say I I just wanted to touch on that half life for caffeine thing a little bit more because some people might not actually understand. Okay, yeah, what yeah, it means. So just before we move on. In terms of caffeine affecting sleep, it really, really can. And that's just because caffeine has a half-life. And when I actually went into one of the research papers on this, Ben, you'll find this really interesting. It's anywhere between 2 and 12 hours. 2 and 12. 2 and 12 hours. And a drug's half-life refers to the amount of time it takes for your body to metabolize and eliminate, eliminate, eliminate half the dose you consumed. So say if you had... At like three or four, like four o'clock, you had a coffee by like 10, 11 o'clock, there's still a hundred milligrams of caffeine in your system, mm -hmm. which is why it's kind of recommended not to have a coffee after like 2 p.m. if you go to bed at 10 p.m. And that's something to really bear in mind because it's it's sometimes quite hard to think, oh, it's two o'clock. It's two o'clock in the day. I think I'm going to have a coffee. It might be a reason, I know it's so much later on, eight hours later, why you might not, because some people are like, oh, I have, I have, have terrible sleeping habits. I I put candles on, I do this, I this and this. For, I read before bed, I have low light. But yeah, but have you addressed that you're having a coffee at three or four o'clock and it's still in your system and that might be why you're not sleeping as well? Yeah, I think it's definitely a question to ask, but then it's a case of just balancing out day-to-day mm. -day life in terms of, you can get so anal about your regime, what you're doing, you then miss out on the enjoyment of actually drinking a coffee mm -hmm. because caffeine also is one of those substances that has a quarter life as well. So if six hours, you have 100 milligrams, uh, nine hours later, you could have, um, I don't know, what would be, 50 milligrams, mm -hmm. which would be the equivalent to drinking a quarter cup of Starbucks before you go to bed, which no one would ever do, but that's still the amount of caffeine that would be in your system as you're going to sleep. So you can get super anal by drilling into the half-life of caffeine, the quarter-life of caffeine, quarter-life of caffeine, and then sleep, which a lot of people won't be disrupted with sleep. It'd be more so the quality of deep sleep that's deep disrupted sleep. because um, in terms of disrupting sleep, I saw Matt Walker talking about this, uh, about drinking coffee before bed. And like I said before, I did this last night. So unfortunately, mm -hmm. I've now felt today like my sleep was disrupted. And I know a lot of people will like having a coffee after a meal. And I'm definitely one of those people who enjoys the taste of having a coffee post-meal. But they looked at a study where they gave people a cup of coffee before bed and it actually reduced their deep sleep by up to 20%. Ooh. 
and he mentioned that the only comparable variable that would reduce sleep quality by this much would be if you aged 15 years. Ah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. So that's how much of a, an impact it can have on deep sleep if you drink mm. a coffee directly before bed because obviously you're getting the full dose of caffeine whilst going to sleep. And that doesn't mean that you will have a struggle getting to sleep necessarily. It's more so when they conducted studies on the brain waves, how they were interrupted by caffeine as you go to sleep because deep sleep is what bathes the brain mm. essentially as you, as you sleep. I also think it, as well it would definitely affect how you feel the next day. If people are like, oh, I feel a bit groggy. If you had a coffee at 10 p.m., you might have fallen asleep quickly, fine, fair enough. You're like, oh, caffeine doesn't affect me. You probably had a terrible sleep. Mm-hmm. Like unless you wear something like a whoop or a garment and you actually know your sleep, you might have actually had a terrible sleep and then you're always like, oh, I'm so tired. It might, it, I don't think it's always something you think, is it, when before, before no, no. sleep or when you've had coffee or you're doing all these things and it's candles and smells and sleep masks. Coffee, fucking 8, 9, 10 p.m. It's kicking yourself in the teeth. But then what will people do when they wake up the next day and feel tired? Have a coffee. So, it's a vicious cycle. It's a uh, vicious cycle. Dr. Gallagher, someone Gallagher. Like says, talks about the adenosine receptors become less. Also, like if you're the, one of those people who's nailing coffee all the time, you may not necessarily be as responsive to caffeine. And the reason for this is that the adenosine receptors can become less sensitive to caffeine with repeated exposure. So the more caffeine that a person has, the less sensitive the adenosine receptors become, building up a person's tolerance for caffeine. This is why in terms of the UK recommended dose, it can be so different for people, especially if you're exposed to caffeine a lot Mm -hmm. and, and therefore the receptors won't be as responsive to them. So what you can do if you become also almost like non affected by caffeine because you've, expose yourself so much so it is you can almost have a caffeine tolerance reset so so those habitually addicted to caffeine should conduct a caffeine detox or can sorry conduct a caffeine detox to eliminate caffeine from their system this allows a return to normal non-caffeine functioning this can take two weeks to two months depending on the daily amount of caffeine consumed so you'll notice quite often recently youtubers have done like 30 day Caffeine mm. detox is where they won't have it for a while to try and reset the tolerance. The other thing that you can do is uh, for those who are occasional caffeine c- consumptioners, consumers, consumers, there you go. Thanks, Cal. Uh, a person can avoid caffeine tolerance by never allowing it to develop in the first place, which is obviously the most sensible thing to do by consuming caffeine o- only occasionally or less frequently for the day. The desired effects will be experienced every time by only consuming caffeine when it really needed it probably the he- the, hev- the healthiest way to consume caffeine. This means to only consume caffeine once or twice a week. I mean, I don't think I could quite do that. Several days between each dose, just be warned that consuming caffeine too late in the day, like we've just spoken about, has a greater chance of resulting in sleeplessness nights and leading to zero tolerance. I, want, I wonder how you know what your tolerance is, though. Like, how would, how would you just then the exact, clock on to exact, be like... The exact way that you'd assess your tolerance with drinking alcohol if you're someone who's super tolerant to it because you don't ever drink a lot that's obvious you don't drink a lot so you're going to be more tolerant to it but i mean again it's all common sense i feel with with caffeine and if you're someone who enjoys it carry on drinking it just the the only thing i'd be mindful of it Mm. is timings um and there's i think the probably thing we haven't spoken up about is the benefits of caffeine because i think again like i mentioned at the start of the podcast there's a lot of benefits to caffeine if used in the correct way it's great for energy levels 
it's definitely good from performance because it's been tested a lot of times. Um, it can spike metabolic rate by up to 11%. The performance benefits and effects help also release hormones such as datalene date, date to help break stored fat as fatty acids uh, for fat oxidation. It helps spare glycogen. It's obviously a heavy stimulant. It helps to combat fatigue. Um, I think there's a study done on cyclists where it helped boost performance by up to 20%. Um, With performance as well, because obviously they have done a lot of studies and it's very individual to the person, but it has been shown that caffeine consistently does improve exercise performance when consumed in doses of three to six milligrams per kilo of body uh, mass. I think you say three to six Clearance says nothing. Um, but then it also says really high doses of caffeine, so nine milligrams per kilo of body mass, actually then go into the negative side effects. So it's kind of fat. So that's where people become intolerant to it and they just have loads and loads and they're not actually going to get the positive benefits for exercise performance. And I think you can feel this. Like sometimes, like I said, I was way over like caffeine tolerance before those easy runs because the, then the performance was was bad my performance was poor because I wasn't doing a heart rate when I wasn't relaxed and then I reduced my caffeine intake to where it should be in the week and I felt so much better mm. so I think it's more so like assessing when to have it 60 minutes to 30 minutes before is pretty standard in terms of having caffeine before you train or work out or perform or I sometimes probably take mine too close so work out. I'm just trying to get it in I drink mine whilst I'm training yeah. <laughs> I but like I just, I wake up and then I'm chilling, I'm doing yeah. stuff. Then I'll go into the gym and then that's when I'll open an, like a knocko cam, which I probably don't do that optimally, but I also don't train optimally. So it's, such it's is life. It's a great appetite suppressant, which is why you'll find a lot of fat burners. Mm. Caffeine is one of the main ingredients. If you want to super drive that caffeine exposure, the best two things to mix together is nicotine and caffeine. They are literally the combo from the gods in terms of suppressing appetite. I'm not saying that everyone goes out and starts smoking or doing vapes, but so hormones, you actually, I think takes either uh, a tablet or uh, like a... Nicotine. Yeah. It's a nasal spray, isn't it? Does he take a nasal spray? Nasal spray? Nasal spray. Yeah, you can take nicotine different ways and he takes it for appetite suppression and focus. So again, it's the dose, so the poison's using the dose. Mm. I don't take nicotine i don't know too much about it but i know people or highly successful people have have been supplementing with nicotine and caffeine for a long time it's usually in the form of a coffee and cigarettes but some people will take it in capsule form now so they just take caffeine and nicotine to help with workflow i know hormones does it i know tate relies on or doesn't rely on it but uses nicotine and caffeine there's a few high performers who will use nicotine and caffeine because combined together they are literally like a super drug for productivity and appetite suppressant it's That's also strange. Um, it just doesn't sound healthy. Yeah, it's also like a very key ingredient in cold and flu remedies because the companies yeah. want you to take their tablet and then half an hour later feel like amazing, feel like super energized. Yeah, it's in Lemsip, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's usually <laughs> it's usually, it's usually supplemented quite often with like ibuprofen and stuff as well. It's usually ibuprofen and caffeine. Do you know what I find interesting? Fat burners. I think they're a very because they have a, a lot of caffeine. In. When I was sixteen. When I wanted a thigh gap, when I was just all... No, I should call it 16, that's way too young. I've I quit swimming, so I was 18. And I was very, just wanted to be the smallest version of myself. I wanted a thigh gap. And I thought, I was already very lean, by the way. I thought, fat burners, fantastic. I don't know what I got off the internet. And this is why I think they can be dangerous. Like, cave, cave, 
K-tones? Ketones. But like... Like raspberry ones. Raspberry. Yeah. I, like I K-5s them. or something they were called. I took one or two, whatever the... I thought... That's actually a bad caffeine moment for me. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And I, I can't even fathom why people who are on just like a journey of fat loss and weight loss start popping in fat burners. You don't need to start popping in fat burners. If you are an elite pro bodybuilder about to step on stage, that's where probably a fat burner is useful, where you're already, you know, in the limits. If you're just kind of chilling on a weight loss journey, fat burners not going to do anything. You still can take them, but I always say fat fat burners aren't for fat people. Look at your just, da- look at your diet. Just like steroids aren't for skinny guys. If you're not optimizing all the other things, like the fundamentals first before implementing supplements such as that, you're not doing it the right way. And mm. The, the, the main ingredient to using fat burners are, yeah, caffeine, because it's an appetite suppressant and a stimulant. It's usually L-carnitine or carnitine in some form. It, some, sometimes they'll have your him being in, depending on where you bought the fat burner from. Green tea extract. There's usual, yeah, there's always green tea green extract. Tea and there's usually some kind of soluble fiber in there as well to help with digestion of them. So, yeah, you, you don't really need to buy them. I think for a, a lot of people, they are a waste of money and they are a placebo effect. Mm. I think the name entices a lot of people in. Of course it does. Fat burner. Um, yeah, I had a terrible experience when I was 18 with two of those and I bin them instantly because I thought they're going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah, 100% You're naive, great. me. The, 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 I think two things that you can do if you enjoy caffeine or coffee or pre-workout in some way or form, the two things I've been doing probably for the past two years now is I use a nootropic pre-workout. So I always use mm. the one from my protein because I don't feel I need to be stimmed off my cake to get me up for a workout now. I don't rely on pre-workout for a good workout nowadays. I used to. Yeah, I used to, but I, I use a nootropic. Helps with focus, helps with mental energy, helps with clarity in the gym. I don't want to be pumped off my cake doing a workout. I want to be focused in my workout. Mm. The other thing that I have a lot of is decaf coffee. So whenever I go to Starbucks, my order probably... I'd say 85% of the time is a decaf coffee. with oat milk. Yeah. Uh, That's because I usually drink a monster in the day and then I'll have the Nootropic pre-workout, which does have probably around 100 milligrams of caffeine in anyway. Mm. And then I can always save myself for wanting another coffee or something else caffeine-based later, whether that be even a couple of Diet Cokes, whatever it may be. Um, So there are things that you can do if you enjoy pre-workout and the taste of coffee, but don't want to keep topping your... Uh, caffeine dose up or you want to bring the caffeine dose down a little bit without being hindered too much yeah there's definitely different ways you can reduce it I started to reduce remember that massive mug I used to have of coffee in the morning now I just have a really small one because I don't need the caffeine hit necessarily and I also have like a smaller knocker can like everything's like I shrunk it because like I don't need loads before a workout I just like having a little bit so reducing the size getting a smaller coffee changing your changing your pre-workout Ben Ben years ago and I'm saying like four or five years ago five years ago Ben gave me a pre-workout once I don't know do you remember that pre-workout I think those pre-workouts and the fat burners during that time were very ungoverned what was it I don't, my I my was. ears were fizzing my I was bright red and I just, I've never felt so ill. And, I, and that's not an optimal environment to go and train. So if you have a pre-workout that literally makes you feel a certain type of way, the nootropic one, to be fair, is is fantastic. That is really good. It's got a smaller dose of caffeine. It's very focus-based. I think it's actually for gamers. It's more of like a focus yeah. pre. Um, but we really, really like taking that one, actually. But yeah, if like switch up what pre-workout you're taking if you need something with less caffeine in or have a smaller cup of coffee because then you're still kind of having it. But over time, you're reducing your intake, which might be helpful. But as Ben said, we 
do enjoy caffeine and we do like it. It's just looking at different ways that it can enhance your life and not necessarily mm-hmm. make it negative and unuseful. So if people are looking for it, obviously first they use code my coach Benji. Don't Lucy use D. No, it's not your name either. It's actually um, not my name. It's called it's Lucy D though. It's called Command Nootropics. Me and Lucy usually use the tropical flavour. There is a blue raspberry flavour as well. You get 40 servings out of it. So it's great. You don't always need to take it every day, but I honestly find it's one of the best pre's, if, especially if you're someone who's quite tolerant, not tolerant, sorry, the stimulants, or if you don't want something that blows your head off, you just want a good pre-workout, which you can get in, get a workout done, and you don't feel like you're about to have the come down of the century when you come out of the gym. It's um, it's a good steady release of energy instead of just being a hard, quick hit with a big crash at the end. It has no beta alanine in as well, which is one of the things... A lot of people are like, oh, I don't want a pre-workout that makes me fizz. The fizz is beta alanine and it does make you fizz and you're tingly. And you're, Why do people want that in a pre? I'm, I love it. You do, actually. I, I was going to say, Cal loves the yeah, tingle. Because it makes me think, oh, if it's, if the beta alanine's hitting me, then the caffeine's hitting me. So I'm really um, energised. Yeah. It's it's like a physical signal that, that I itch. am energised. It's good. It's Even good talking about it makes my head and my ears itch. Yeah. So if you don't love a fizzy pre... Like where, you've, where you're fizzing and your ears are itchy and you're bright red. <laughs> Have one with beta alanine in. Without eat beta alanine in. Yeah. The, the, the beta alanine isn't too much related to like pre-workout or stimulant. It's more to do with muscle fatigue. Oh, it makes me So it, it, it helps you be like less fatigued and perform at a higher intensity most of the time. Mm. So a lot of time beta alanines, people think it's a stimulant, but, is it but it's beta? not. Yeah. Is it beta? You're beta male, bro. I said beta. Beta is the American pronunciation. Look at me. Beta. Beta alanine. Beta alanine. But yeah, again, assess like what your di- what your digesting caffeine is like. Um, I have caffeine on an empty stomach because I fast. And just moving on quickly before we end the podcast, mm. because I think we'll probably come to a natural close. I've consumed caffeine in different ways and the diet that I'm now following is different. I haven't actually spoke about this yet anywhere apart from like the odd hint on stories, but I've three weeks ago switched over to keto and I've been one of those people who's always bashed the drum about being a keto wanker I am now a keto wanker and the reason for that is I think people do keto because they think it's the most optimal thing for fat loss I do think it can help for fat loss because I think a lot of the time what will happen if people do keto is you will stop eating all of all carbs and everything that tastes good in life such as pop tarts ice cream chocolate sweets or all carbs so the natural thing that you're going to do is cut out all the shit that you usually binge on in your life because nobody is face fucking an avocado are they no one's going i do like avocado yeah but you're not eating an avocado and go oh i'm gonna get the spoon out and just smashing a avocado and where you would do that with like nut butters or chocolate spread or biscoff and stuff like that i I go through two tubs of biscoff a week that is true so i switched over to keto purely for digestion reasons i was having issues with digestion last year and some people do do keto for issues with the digestive health, such as like IBS and other things like that. Gut health. And I've found, but people have issues with keto sometimes with gut health. I've had the opposite where I I don't get bloated now. I My digestion is way better. I had a bit of an energy lull in the first two weeks, but my, now my energy is very consistent because I don't get that insulin spike and the drop off. You know, sometimes after you've had a, a big carb heavy meal and you have it and you're like, ugh. My energy is constant now. So, <laughs> I mean, I started doing it due to digestive reasons. I don't have any crash. Uh, my cravings have been way better. So I don't crave a lot of sugar because 
my body's just obviously optimizing fat usage as a mm. energy source now instead of carbohydrates. I had carbs the other day at your mum's. I felt, what was it like after that meal? Ben had a nap. I fell asleep. You just, you were on the couch. I mean, we had, a, there was, that was also like, you know, we have like a shit mix yeah. of wonderful different foods. Yeah. Like I'm not doing it though, because I want to be in ketosis. And that's why every now and again, I'll have a carb meal at the weekend or whatever. I'm not mm. doing it to be in ketosis. I'm doing it because I want to try and optimize my health and optimize my digestion because I'm sick of having, being bloated and just having shit digestion. Mm. So again, what I'll probably do with this is, is like drip feed it in terms of I'll do keto for a while. So I feel maybe drip feed carb meals back in because I can't see myself doing keto for the rest of my life. But you know what? I haven't hated doing it. Mm. I have eggs in the morning. I have steak and some tomatoes and I'll have steak again later. What was the steak like I had last night? 800 grams. 800 grams of steak. Do you know when it came out, I did think, wow, big steak. Yeah. But I didn't even think. Big steak, big boy, that's what you thought. But didn't you? I didn't think oh, he's not going to eat that. 800 yeah. grams of steak, guys, is a lot of steak. And this steak was massive. And we thought, yeah, lovely. You wait, nice. I had 100 grams of it. Oh, it was delicious. Yeah. I mean, so, some people are doing it to be fat adaptive uh, versus being like carb dependent. But again, not doing it for any of those reasons. I've, I actually find it quite interesting now. I think I'm going on Zach Bitter's podcast was the, who's the runner who we had on mm -hmm. a few months ago. Ultra. Ultra, ultra runner. runner. And he was talking about the, the, the running community, the ultra running community in America who quite a lot of them are now switching over to keto because the energy levels are more consistent. But he does, I think Zach does again as well. He was speaking about this when he was on Rogan, talks about how he'd switch between keto or being like super low carb, 50 grams and under, but then bumping it up when he was doing more of the sessions that are a higher intensity. Mm. So again, I think it's interesting the way that you don't just have to put yourself in the zone or the pigeonhole just being keto like for me i'm doing it for that di digestive reasons but i'll still switch out and do have a carb meal every now and again um so i I will update people on my keto journey and how i'm getting on yeah i i just my i don't really know how i eat i just eat you know when you would talk about them being like oh people do this people do that you're doing like keto and i just eat but i think I've, i was <laughs> I like no i have no process or preference or preference, yeah. I've just I'm also not a chef. Like I will eat the same thing day in, day out. I get all my nutrients in. I love what I eat. I just I'm not I'm not really that like magical when I eat. I'm just Mind like I like long. just standard food. I do like it. Do you know as you started buying avocados now? I have an avocado a day now because I think they're delicious. Yeah, they are nice. I do but like an avocado. I my my diet doesn't take that long to prepare. Eggs in the morning, fry and them. It takes two seconds. Done. <laughs> I, I I do a steak, eat two sides, fry some tomatoes. I have a lot of the my protein. Is it bitong? Biltong. 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 Beef jerky. Yeah, beef jerky in a packet. Fine. That's I'll, delicious. I'll protein bar every now and again. Fine. Steak later on. Chicken later on. It doesn't take a long time to cook. And I can take a protein bar. I can take some biltong in my bag as a snack. It's, why are you laughing? It's a, it's a funny word, isn't it? It is a funny word. Um, I'll take that on in a bag and it's easy for me to do. And I don't crave stuff. And it's just... I, I, I think since... Whether this is a positive or a negative way of viewing food... Since I've been doing keto, I very much view food as fuel mm. rather than something I'll enjoy that. And don't get me wrong, I really enjoy cooking, especially on the weekend. So I think that's why every now and again I'll have a carb meal or cook for friends. But at the moment, I just haven't missed carbs and I've always been a bit of a carb whore. So it's interesting part of my life since I've cut them out that I don't crave them as much anymore. And it'll just be interesting to, as I go through this journey, what my performance will now be like, especially going into high rocks based training and higher intensity based training 
where performance and recovery will be at. It's also actually not been that hard for you because I thought, oh, good God, are you not going to eat anything? But we've been out for dinner loads, went to the cinema, Ben had his packs of beef jerky and I have a pick and mix. And well, it was, so they have to have something else. Something else for you. I had beef jerky. Oh, uh, I had and, a tuna salad. Oh, yeah, and tuna a tuna and egg, and egg salad. You ate that in a cinema? Yeah. That is yes, so not on. Mm. And I had pick and mix, which was actually... Just chocolate raisins. <laughs> I just put like three spoons of chocolate raisins. If I was sat there trying to watch gone. Oppenheimer and Ben was eating a tuna and egg salad. You couldn't actually smell it, it though. To be fair, yeah. God. Yeah, usually, it wasn't usually, a smelly one. Yeah, usually I think tuna and egg, wow, the two most smelly fucking... But you couldn't smell, smell it. Yeah. It, you do it, have a lot of boiled eggs in the fridge though, and that makes me feel a certain type of Oh way. yeah, sorry. I have a lot of boiled eggs in the fridge and that's, that's on the I'll just I'll just pop them every now and again. I feel like I need to maybe put them in some sort of container because when they're just like in the fridge... Easy snapper. Yeah, but... Easy snack. Boiled eggs are just... But again, I don't think I would have been able to stick to this diet if I was doing it for fat loss. Mm. Because the reasoning behind it wouldn't be powerful enough to make me go, I can eat like that just because I want to lose weight. But the fact that I don't want to feel like shit with my digestion and be bloated all the time, I can then... That is a, a, a powerful incentive for me to eat that way. You also get to eat cheese. Which yeah. is a win-win, to be fair. You could have a steak with blue cheese. Stunning. Every day I'd have that. Or melted cheddar cheese. I don't, again, not that this is probably a reason why it's been easy for me to adapt to it. Maybe it is. This, this is the way that we ate thousands of years ago. We just do eat meat. Um, we had a lot of grains. If you read the book Sapiens, the first thing that they did was harvest grains, yeah, which is was, carbs. It was like 200,000 years of humans before that. Yeah. Oh, we're going way back. Yeah. Way back. We're going pre-Jesus. Mm. <laughs> we, just okay. eat, we just eat meat. Ma- yeah, mammoths. I don't know what the, else you say. The only thing, obviously, exactly the same. Berries. If you were to do a vegan diet, you're going to miss out on some nutrients or... More so, especially salts and stuff. So supplementing mm. with magnesium, vitamin D, B12. salts. It's, I don't need to do B12. No, sorry, vegans. Yeah, and so while supplementing for keto, they're just some things that I'll now newly have to sort of think about. But I've, I felt fine so far. I haven't had anything like keto flu, which some people talk about, which is like the first two weeks of where things are switching over. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. But again, when we go like traveling and stuff, I doubt I'll be sticking to, to it or mm. I'll be doing a very watered down version of it. Yeah. If you're listening and you have tried keto or anything like that, just drop, drop something yeah, yeah. below, like on YouTube or Spotify. Cause it's, it's actually really interesting to get other people's opinions, um, and just listen to what other people say. And we could probably get someone on to talk about keto who knows more about it because I again I've probably been very naive to it and always been one of those people who's bashed keto um, purely for the reason that a lot of the people I spoke to have done it for fat loss I'm like for fuck's sake will you just do something that um, is more balanced and that you'll be able to stick to Mm. but I I fully understand why people may do certain diets for medical reasons but that's a completely different realm to doing it for health and fitness reasons yeah absolutely so to round up today's caffeine and keto yeah drop a comment it'll be really interesting just to get other people's opinions Mm -hmm. i think that's really important to do on the podcast for you guys to chat to us and let you know how yeah how interesting it is and what you think about the podcast and of course as always please keep leaving reviews please keep commenting and sharing and doing what you do because this is how we get the podcast out there to more people. It's how we get on some fantastic guests and we get to travel and podcast with more specific people. And I hope you love this episode as much as we did. Bye. 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 Bye.
Bye. That's it last. Bye. 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 <laughs>